We're continuing a series. Uh, this is part two in the art of friendship. Here's what I want to tell you today. Life is better together. Does anyone agree with me? Life is better together. Some of you have been alone and you felt the pain of loneliness and you know what it feels like to be alone and you feel alone so much that you don't see hope that you could have a friend. You don't know what it's like to go through life with people that care about you, that care about what you care about, that are concerned when you're sick, that are there when you have surgery. As an author stated, and I read this last week, we have thousands of friends on the internet, but no one to help us move our couch. Maybe you don't know what it's like to have somebody be willing to actually move your couch, to have a friend. So last week we spoke about loneliness, and and I really do believe that God taught us that the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The, the truth is that, that loneliness is a tool of the enemy and that, that, that Satan is this adversary we have and all he wants to do is get you alone. He wants to get you by yourself. He wants to get you down on yourself. But I'm telling you what, Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. Oh, I love the word life. There's some life in here, is there not? It's good to have life and to have it more abundantly. Listen, God's not saying, I just want you to go through life. He's not saying, I want you just to get through life. He wants to say, I want to give you life abundantly. An abundant life, one of the parts of that is having friends. Having real people in your life that care, that know you, that care for you, and that you care about. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, if you turn your Bible there. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, we learned last week, God said two are better than one. Two are better than one. God has something better. Can you just say better? God has something better. Can you say better? It's better that you go through things with other people in your life. Two are better than one. The Bible says, woe to him that is alone when he falleth. You are going to fall. You're going to have a family fall. You're going to have a relationship fall. You're going to have a down day, a bad day. You're going to have uh, something happen to your job. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to commit a sin. You're going to do something in your life, and you're going to say, I'm all by myself when I've fallen. God doesn't want. God has something better. Are you hearing me? Friendship is a better way. God wants something better for you. Uh, maybe you're new to this church thing, this, this Fellowship Baptist Church, FBC.family, right? We always say we're family. Well, we, we have some core values here, and one of our core values that tells us what kind of family we are and what kind of family we're building is that we are a relationship-building family. We're about other people here. The way we say it is we welcome everyone and always have room for more in the family, I tell you what, if you showed up today, we're glad you're here. Church, can we give a hand for our guests today? If you showed up to church today, maybe you're watching online and you're going to show up in the future, we're a relationship-building family. We have room for you in the family. We want to help you find friends if you don't have friends. We want to be a friend to you. Last week, we learned that loneliness is a tool of the enemy, that God has a better life for you, and that the cure to loneliness is true biblical friendship. I tell you what, today's message is a little bit different than ordinary, okay? I want you to take notes. Does anybody have like a pen and paper? Raise your hand if you've got pen and paper in here. 
you're really cool and old school, and we should give you a hand too. Those of you with pen and paper, if you don't, I've got your back. Uh, if you open the Church Center app, there's a button on the homepage of the Church Center app. Go ahead and open it up. It says Digital Sermon Notes. Maybe you didn't know we have this. Every single week that you come here, we place all the notes and the points for the outline for the sermon right there. It'll, it'll link you to the YouVersion Bible app. You can follow along. You can take your own notes. But today is definitely a topical message about friendship. I want us to see what God says about friendship. We're going to understand friendship. We're going to learn how to find a friend. Listen, you can find a friend if you don't have one. God can help you to find a friend. We're going to learn how to keep a friend. It's one thing to get one. It's another thing to be a good one and keep a friendship. And then we're going to learn some pro tips on being a great friend. And uh, that's just how I'm going to end it out. I know that I, I have had the privilege of having some friends. I have friends in this world, and I'm thankful for that. But I know what it's like. I've had times where I felt like I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody. Well, I've learned some things from my friends I want to share with you. But before uh, we get started, can you pray with me? Uh, can you pray with me that God would teach us, that God would open your hearts, and that you just say, God, I want to do what you want me to do today. Would you pray that? Let's pray together. Lord, I come to you on behalf of every person here, every person that was here this morning, every person that may be watching online, and God, you know their heart, you know where they're at. God, you know those in the room that feel lonely. God, they're discouraged as to whether or not they can even find a friend, and I pray today that your word would be helpful. Lord, you told us that your word is profitable to us, that it's good for our lives, and I believe that you said that you want us to have a better life, an abundant life. So God, fill our lives with friends, real friends, true friends, close friends. Please help us today. Pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I just want to lay some ground rules. I want to understand friendship, okay? And I, I'm going to give you, uh, they call this like drinking from a fire hydrant. That means I've got a lot of stuff coming your way, and it's coming hot and heavy, okay? Uh, not all friendships are equal. Did you know that? Some of you have close friends, and then some of you call people friends that aren't really your friends. I want you to look at an illustration on the screen. Uh, friends can be uh, put into six different categories, and we're going to look at the life of Jesus, and he's a good example because he's the best friend ever. Jesus is a friend. He had friends. Uh, but let me explain this to you. What do I mean by not all friendships are equal? Just because you call someone a friend does not make them your friend. Do you understand? Does that make sense to you? Just because somebody on social media is labeled your friend does not mean they are your friends. Just because somebody is in the same youth group as you, the same church as you, the same running club, whatever club you're part of, I don't know, I don't have any other clubs on my mind. Anybody in the club? What club are you in? Shout it out, please. The what? The Shamrock Club. I don't know whatever club that is. But I tell you what, if you're part of the Shamrock Club, I hope you have friends there. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Oh, man. Here we go. We have fans. You might have some fans. Those are people that know you, but you don't know them. Jesus had thousands of friends. A fan is a stranger who knows you and likes you while well, you're not really aware of them. Think of this as Facebook friends, YouTube subscribers, Instagram followers, people that may know you through a family connection. They know your name. They know who you are, but you don't really know them. Those are fans. Jesus had a lot of people that knew who he was, but that doesn't mean they know him. 
Next is acquaintances. Uh, you can categorize people that you know in this category of acquaintances. And most of us, uh, many of the people that we call friends are actually acquaintances. Uh, acquaintances is people that you know them and they know you. Jesus had hundreds of these people. Uh, these are people that you could say their name or you, you recognize who they are. Uh, this could be your salesperson, your real estate agent, the barista at Starbucks, the mailman. These are people that are your acquaintances. Uh, I, I always think it's funny because I'll, I'll hear pastors preach. I've listened to a lot of preaching in my life, but pastors will like say, they'll say, my friend, and then they like name drop somebody, uh, my friend so-and-so. And you know what? That's just somebody they met or, or they talked to one time or they got a picture with at a conference or something sometimes. Uh, you know what? Friends are people you know. Acquaintances are different. You know, raise your hand if you understand the difference between friends and acquaintances. Okay. Um, this is somebody you could recognize but you're not really their friend. Next, we can narrow it down to a tribe. Uh, I hope that you're, you're part of a tribe. A tribe is this group of people. You're, you're both committed to the same cause, and you have much in common. Jesus had 120 of these disciples in the book of Acts in chapter 1. Uh, when you get to chapter 1, it, it's really cool because he just died on the cross. He was buried. He rose from the dead, and they're all there with him and seeing him ascend to heaven, 120 of his disciples. Those are the, the core group that started the church, the ones that would pray in the upper room. Think of this, your tribe, as your local church. Think of this as that running club or the shamrock club or the sports league. These are people that you have something in common with, but it's a larger. Uh, you know, there's this guy named Robin Dunbar. If you, if you look up friendships, friends, anything about relationships, he makes the point, and the, the, the research study is that any, at any given time, you can really only have about 150 friends. Uh, when he says friends, 150 relationships, people that you know their name, you know something about them, and if they were asked, they would know who you are too, 150. Uh, this is a tribe. These are people that you have things in common with. But if you go down a little bit further than a tribe, you'll have a group. Uh, usually you find your group from your tribe. It's a smaller subset of those people. These are people you spend a great deal of time with. Jesus had 70. In the Bible, you've got this smaller group of disciples that he taught. He taught them his ways and he sent them out. When you think about this group, think about your life group or your ministry team. Uh, maybe you're part of the lighting, or maybe you sing on stage, or maybe uh, you're part of a life group throughout the week. Uh, these, are, these are people that you spend time with. Uh, this could be your immediate coworkers, those people that you spend time with uh, on a leadership team or some other part of team you're a part of, a committee you're a part of. This could be your extended family, your group. It could be the Andrews family, or I've got some extended family, or my, my wife's family, the Rhodes family. This is the, the group that I'm a part of. It's, th these are solid relationships that I belong to that you don't probably belong to uh, unless you're, you're one of my closer friends, this group, right? Next, if you go a little bit closer, this is where we get to the very topic of friends. This is our goal today, close friends and best friends. I just wanted to be clear that not all friendships are equal. Uh, if you have fans or acquaintances, they are not your friends, and you may not have friends, if, you are, if, if, if God has blessed you to have one or two people, even as a close friend, you are truly blessed in life. And uh, my prayer, because I believe it's God's will, is that everybody in here could get into this realm of having close friends. Close friends are a small and intimate set of people in your life. Jesus had 12. He had 12 disciples. He, he taught them things. He didn't teach everybody else. He spent time with them. They knew him in a way that's different than everybody else. Uh, this is when authenticity and vulnerability is necessary at this level of close 
friends. And then we get down to the, to the center. The one, two, or three people who know everything there is to know about you. Your best friend. If you're married, I hope your best friend is your spouse. And it should be, and that should be a goal that you have. A uh, best friend, this is somebody who deserves to know everything about you, that knows your weaknesses, your strengths, what you think about, everything. Jesus had three best friends, Peter, James, and John. They went a little bit further with him than others. They went through things and experienced things that the other 12 didn't experience. He took them places. He, he went uh, to the Mount of Transfiguration with them. He didn't go with the others. Listen, uh, not all friendships are equal. Say amen if you understand the concept. Not all friends are equal. Uh, next thing I want you to know about friends before we get into uh, most of the message here. You have a friendship capacity. How many of y'all have played with Legos before? Legos are great, and now they have adult Legos. Uh, that sounds bad, but let me explain for those that have never seen those before. <laughs> they're actually just like they say, they're like little flower vases and uh, Star Wars things, and they're just Legos for adults, okay? Uh, yeah, man, that was uh, rough. Um, Legos for adults. Uh, but let me explain what I'm saying about the Legos. Every Lego is different size or shape, and they have different number of connectors on them. Sometimes you get that whole board, and you can fit all kinds of pieces and build a whole city on one, one Lego board. Sometimes you got this little tiny one. It's only got the four. It's only got the four connectors. The truth is that um, every one of us has a friendship capacity. Uh, every one of us is different. All the friendships are different, but you know what? You, you may not have the capacity to really know or relate to 150 people, let alone 120 people or 70 people or even 12 Maybe you have a lower capacity. I want to tell you that's okay. But all of us have a capacity for friendship and relationship. Uh, the next thing I want you to know to understand friendship, not only are they not all the same, not only do you have a friendship capacity, but friends will either make you or break you. Uh, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Uh, listen, I, I, I was so... I feel like God spared me for so many bad decisions because I had some good friends in my life. Uh, the Bible teaches that you will be like those you spend time with. You will, you will have habits that they have. You will adopt the things that they have. The Bible says evil communi communications corrupt good manners. It's not that good manners uh, changes evil communication. If you have friends that are uh, addicted, chances are you will be addicted. If you have friends that, that live in sin and then act one way at church, you will also live in sin and act a certain way at church. Do you understand the concept? Friends will either make you or break you. You've got to be careful who you pursue and who you allow to be your friend, who you spend time with. Uh, two more things, understanding friendship, and we'll get into this. Uh, next one is friendship requires time and effort. Uh, did you know that it is not convenient to have friends? It's not convenient, and it's really not very efficient either. Uh, social media has tried to make friending somebody and being a friend really convenient, right? Uh, you, it's easy. You want to make a friend? Click that little blue button. Oh, yeah. How many friends can you get today? I, the, my advice today is not to go on Facebook and friend request everybody because that's not how you make friends. I want to give you biblical advice. Uh, the, the Bible talks about real relationships in person with people. They're not convenient. They're not efficient. But here's the thing. Good friendships will make you infinitely richer than any amount of money. More fulfilled, more productive, more loving, more empathetic, and they will end this tool of the enemy in your life called loneliness. 
And that's where we're going today. That was my introduction. Uh, here we go. Are you ready? Who wants to find a friend today? I do. All right, some of you are like, Am I, I'm already at my capacity, okay? I don't have enough connectors. Listen, just bear with me. You're here, I'm here, so we're going to learn how to find a friend today. How do you get a friend if, if I'm lonely or if I just really don't have that close connection that, that's being described here, somebody uh, that is with me, that cares about me? Uh, what are, what are we going to do here? Uh, here's the verse, Proverbs 18, 24. A man that hath friends, or a woman that hath friends, okay, must show himself, say it with me, friendly. friendly. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I got three points of how to find a friend. How do you find a friend? Number one, be friendly. Be friendly. Go ahead and put that smile back on. Go ahead. I'm looking at you. Go ahead. Put the smile on. This point number one, be friendly. Smile. Smile. Uh, people that smile have and make more friends. Do you, do you want to approach somebody or hang out with somebody that looks mad all the time? Does anybody want to do that? No. No, it's not fun. And some of us, I, I'm, it's, this is, uh, God gave us brains, and he says, uh, you know, learn some, you know, be friendly. A man that has friends, show himself friendly. If you are always looking like bitter on your face or you're angry, you won't be making any friends. Be friendly. It means to smile. Secondly, it means to be genuinely interested in others. Looking on the things of others, not the things of ourselves. right? It's the mind of Christ. Be genuinely interested in others. You need to get outside of yourself and look on somebody else. I am convinced that one of the main problems of loneliness is self-centeredness. The reason that we're lonely, and this loneliness and this self-centeredness, it feeds on itself. I feel lonely because I think about how lonely I am, and I, I feel lonely, and it makes me feel lonely, and because of that, I, I'm really not looking at anybody else, how I can meet their need, how I can care for them. Jesus says it this way in John 13, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Uh, we were supposed to love one another. We're supposed to genuinely care about others. Smile. Be genuinely interested in others. Stop being disagreeable, opinionated, and rude. This is all part of being friendly. Man that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you are always right, you will have a hard time finding friends. Okay. Uh, if you are always opinionated, you will have a hard time finding friends. If you lose your temper often, if you can't seem to, uh, you know, be nice to anybody, if you can't be generally kind, you have a hard time finding friends. Um, I, I love this, this whole topic because God wants what's best for you. Do you agree with that? Uh, God, God wants you uh, to have life abundantly. Uh, so when Jesus left, uh, this is an aside from my message here, when Jesus left the earth, he ascended up into heaven. When he was about to leave, he was telling his disciples, it's good for you that I go away. Why was it good for us that Jesus would go away? Why was it good for his disciples? Because somebody else was coming. Jesus said, it's good for you that I come if I go away because the Holy Spirit's coming. The Holy Spirit was going to come and he's going to convince the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He's going to be the one that's going to live inside of us. And when the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, what happens to us? There's this stuff that starts coming out of us. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That sounds familiar. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, self-control. Wow, 
Against such there is no law. Listen, if you want to have friends, uh, I guess the gist of my message is walk in the Spirit. Let God work through you to be friendly. Be friendly. Number one, how to find a friend? Be friendly. Number two, be available. Be available. Hi, what, what does that mean? Be friendly, be available. Uh, go where people are. If you want friends and you say, I just really, I don't have, I don't even know who I could look for. Where do I even start? Um, make yourself available for interaction. Join a group. Join a group. Uh, it's, it's, we, we, we have life groups. We, we have ministry teams here. And yet still people will say, the church doesn't care about me. They don't care about me. Why don't they care about me? It's a well, well, join a group. Care about someone else, right? Join something. Join something and make yourself available. And then once you're there, once you're available, once you've joined the group, attended an event, invited someone for coffee, hosted a family for dinner, said yes to an invitation for once, right? Uh, we, we, I'm too busy. Uh, remember, it takes time and effort. You know, we've we got to be less busy to have friends. Once we be friendly, be available, here's how you find a friend. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. You guys knew it. It was in your head too. Be aggressive. Uh, that's a cheer. Should I do it? No, I shouldn't do it. You guys are like, B-E-A-G-G-R-E-S-S-I-V-E, be aggressive. I remember that from high school. Be aggressive. The idea is God wants you to have friends. Don't just sit there. Do something. Like, pick someone and decide to be their friend. I look within your tribe. Look within this church. Look within a group you're a part of and find somebody you seem to maybe have something in common with or maybe become genuinely interested in something they're interested in. Just say, I would like to be your friend. I would like to do something with you. Would you like to get coffee? Would you like to go do something? Hey, how about we're going to go out to eat after church today. Would you like to come with us? This is how you find friends. You're friendly. You're available. You be aggressive. Okay? All right. Now, this is where, uh, that's, some of you, uh, who's an introvert in here? Any introverts? Introvert means you just, ah, you don't really like, like, getting out there. You know, introverts, raise your hand. Introverts, look around at all the introverts. They're all, they're everywhere. Introverts are everywhere. Listen, it's okay to be an introvert. In that first part about being friendly, being available, being aggressive, God will strengthen you to do that, okay? I know he will. He can. But I want to tell you, that's probably the easy part, finding a friend. Now, I believe that's one of those prayers God will answer, and if you just simply obey and do some of the things that, that he's telling you to do, uh, show yourself friendly, that God will answer and give you a friend. But here's the, here's the hard part. How do you keep a friend? How do you keep a friend? Because uh, sometimes it's easy to make a good first impression, to go out one time to dinner with somebody, to go out to coffee with somebody. But how do you maintain and be a good friend? Here we go. I'm going to run through these quickly. Number one, be authentic. Be authentic. You keep a friend by being authentic. Romans 12.9 says, let love be without dissimulation. Can you say that word dissimulation? I'm not going to ask you to say that ever again because you're not going to use that word. Dissimulation. You know what that word means? Hypocrisy. Let your love be like Jesus' love, without hypocrisy. You cross a line from acquaintance into friendship when you let your guard down and become open and honest with others. See, many of you think you have friends, but if they're not somebody that you can open up about, open up to, not somebody that you feel comfortable around, 
that is more of an acquaintance than a friend. Your love should be without hypocrisy. You should not be one person with your friend and a different person away from your friend. You should be able to be yourself around them. If you find yourself having to put on an act or pretend to be interested in something you're not interested in in order to be accepted, if you're trying to earn acceptance and faking something that you're not, that's not real friendship. Friendship requires you to be authentic. Does that make sense? Secondly, be accepting. Be accepting. Uh, Friends should intentionally overlook differences. Did you know that you can be a friend to someone else and not try to change them? Did you know that? You can be a friend even with somebody you disagree with politically. Whoa. Did you know that? Woo! You can disagree and still be friends. Uh, there's a verse in Jeremiah 13, 23. It's one of those uh, uh, rhetorical questions. It says, can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? And the point of the, that verse is uh, it's one of those rhetorical questions. It says, you know what? Some people are the way they are. And that's okay. And God says to love without hypocrisy. Never, never to, uh, you accept people the way God made them. That's it. Uh, you don't, that, that's part of the problem in marriage. Uh, you know, I, how many of you ever had a marriage fight? Those of you that are married in here or used to be married, you had a marriage fight. Often the marriage fight is you're trying to change them. Why don't you do it this way? Why don't you say it this way? Why do you do that? And you're trying to change them. Be accepting. Friends overlook these, these things that make people unique. You, they, you overlook them. You don't have to change them. If you don't like who a person essentially is, and you don't enjoy being around them, don't try to fix them. Find a new friend. And here's, here's what that means. Being accepting does not mean overlooking sin. When I say be accepting, it, it, that's, that's not one of the qualities. It doesn't mean just overlook uh, blatant disregard. If somebody is doing something unwise or hurting themselves, uh, that's one of our things down here is to be confrontational. Uh, we'll learn more about that. But be accepting of your friends. Next is be available. Uh, we talked about you get somebody as a friend by being available. It takes time. It takes effort. you got to be with them. You understand? Time. T-I-M-E. That's how you spell love, I was told one time. You spell love with time. How you get them is how you keep them. So if you want to be a friend and keep a friend, you need to schedule intentional time. Whether that's uh, scheduling time for coffee or dinner or uh, certain times you meet regularly, uh, you need to pause your schedule for theirs, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries. Anniver- that's a tough one when you're talking fast. Anniversaries. Uh, be available, okay? Just be there for your friends. You've got to make time for those that you care about. Next, be communicative. Romans 12, 15 says this, Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. How many of you just love it when you have something awesome happen, like good news? Like, this is all oh, so, so good news. So many times, and this is really one of those tests of friendship, and I hate it because sometimes, like, your friends aren't always available. Like, they can't just be constantly, like, on call, right? Hey, I got friends on call. Uh, but sometimes you want to call somebody, and you're like, who do I tell? I know my wife's at this appointment, or my, this friend's doing this. I got nobody to tell this thing to. Friends should be a person that you can tell something you're excited about. You talk, you, you rejoice with them when they rejoice, and you weep with them that weep. Here, be communicated means learn, learn to listen. It means you ask questions. Here's a tough one. I need you to zone in here. Ready? Don't always talk about yourself. 
Okay? That's hard because we want to talk about ourselves. But a friendship's got to be mutually beneficial. Friendship's got to be caring for one another. Don't always talk about yourself. Philippians 2.4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Others, when you have a friend, if you want to keep that friend, you got to focus on them. you got to ask them what's going on. you got to listen to them. you got to be available for them. Be communicative. Because this is the mind which was also in Christ Jesus. Looking not on ourselves, but looking on others. Demonstrating empathy. Be communicative. All right. Next is be confidential. Be confidential. Proverbs eleven thirteen says, A tale bearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. If your friend is telling you something that is really important to them, they're telling you that in confidence. They're telling you that because you are their friend. And that doesn't mean you get to take liberty to take that information and give it to someone else. It's not yours to give. It was, it was given to you in confidence. And if you're going to keep a friend and be a friend, realize there's a talebearer, And we don't like those people. Uh, they're not helpful to us. They're not helpful to anybody. Talebearer reveals secrets. But a faithful spirit conceals the matter. The idea is that a good friend doesn't take liberty with the information their friend gives them. They will keep private matters private. Friends don't gossip about one another. Friends are a safe place to share hopes, dreams, and ideas. Uh, So think about this. Are you a place where your friends feel trusting to share their hopes, dreams, and ideas without fear of criticism or judgment? Do people wonder or worry? Do your friends wonder if they tell you, are you going to tell someone else? Are you going to talk about it behind their back, right? Right? Be, conf- uh, be confidential. A talebearer reveals secrets. Uh, we don't want to do that. We want to be of a faithful spirit. We want to be a good friend. Next is be confrontational. Be confrontational. Listen, fight some. No, that's not what I mean. I don't mean to get in a fight. I don't want you to get in a fight. But sometimes friends fight, right? Yeah, husband and wife, you ever fight? Listen, good fights, right? We don't, good fights. Be confrontational. Here's what I mean. I'm not, I'm not talking about friends should actually hit each other. We're never talking about physical abuse. I joke, but that, that is definitely a problem in relationships. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 6 about being confrontational in a relationship, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. See, the thing is, real friends must be able to speak honestly and look out for each other's best interests. Uh, friends are to be loving like Jesus, like we talked about. That means we speak the truth in love. That means we don't just watch our friends ruin their lives and act like everything's okay. That's what this means. Be confrontational. The idea is if your friend is going a direction that's going to hurt them, that you should be loving and honest with them. Uh, Friends don't control one another, but they do enter into hard conversations to make each other better. Okay, it's not about a friendship. Confrontational doesn't mean, hey, you can't do anything without my approval. That's like dependency or codependency or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about friendship. Iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I've got something to offer you and you've got something to offer me and together we're going to be better. Together we're going to help one another. Uh, We've heard the phrase, uh, friends don't let friends drive drunk, right? This is something I heard growing up. Uh, It's not friendly to allow a friend to get behind the wheel of a car while intoxicated. That is clear. Why would you want your friend to do that? Well, it's not friendly to allow a friend to knowingly compromise his or her marriage. 
Why would you want to do that? It's not friendly to watch a friend uh, re-engage in an addiction and never confront them. We have this culture where we're like, ah, it's not my business. They, they, free choice, they have freedom. They do what they want to do. It's a free country. No, no, friends aren't that way. Friends are involved. Friends confront. It's because you care. You get involved. You get involved with your family. You get involved with your friends because you care. You're confrontational to help them. Next is to be forgiving. Uh, friends are going to bother you. Friends are going to, you're going to fight with your friends. You're, you're going to have a spat with your friends. They're going to do something. They might even betray you, betray your trust. In Ephesians 4, verse 32, Pastor Tony spoke about this a few weeks ago. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, say this out loud, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. If you're going to be a friend like Jesus was a friend, he is a good forgiver. Are you a good forgiver? Uh, that's, that's one of the problems with how we learn to be friends on, on social media. You know, on social media, you, my phone's upside down. That's a bad illustration. Uh, you become a friend by clicking the blue button, right? Friend request. Well, how do you end friends when you don't like something somebody says? You block them. Yeah, or, hey, or you could unfollow them. And they will never know you didn't, you're not reading their post. Did you know that? I'm, I'm being facetious, but it's true. <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I do that. Listen, let me, here's the point. Friends, forgive one another. If your friend does something wrong to you, the first step shouldn't be to simply block them and never talk to them again. If your friend didn't show up for something that was important to you and you feel like they failed you or something like that, the first answer is not simply write them off. We live in a, a culture that wants to cancel because somebody I disagree with, I, I, can't, I can't talk to them anymore. Churches used to do this. Pastors used to do this. Friends used to do this. And we learned these things growing up. Hey, that person doesn't agree with me. Well, listen, I'm just going to pretend like they don't exist. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not gonna, they're not going to be welcome to things. I'm not going to invite them anymore. They are now uninvited from things I have in the future. Friends don't do that. Friends are good forgivers. That's how the relationship builds and you work through problems uh, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Bitterness and unforgiveness ends friendships. It's a divider. In Matthew 5, verse 9, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers. If you're going to be a friend, like Jesus wants you to be, you might need to make peace with someone. Maybe you had a friendship. Maybe you feel lonely now. You used to have a friend. You had a good friend, a really good one. Something happened. Be a good forgiver. Be as Jesus is, and he says, be a peacemaker. Make peace with somebody. Apologize. Take, take, take responsibility for your side of it and forgive. Be forgiving. And my last thing here, how do you keep a friend? It is be loyal. Be loyal. In Proverbs 17, 17, the Bible says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Friends don't throw their friends under the bus, okay? If you are a friend to somebody, you're not just a friend to their face. You're a friend in private. Uh, if you're a friend to somebody, uh, you've got to be loyal to them in public and to private. Friends do not speak negatively of one another when the other is not present in the room. 
And you're not just a friend in the good times, you're a friend also in the bad times. That's what friends are for. It's when someone falls. The Bible said, whoa, if they fall when they're alone. The idea is you've got to be people that are there when someone falls. If you see somebody falling in your life, you are a good friend when you're involved in their fall, when you're there to help them back up. You understand? And if you have good friends, you'll realize there's somebody trying to help me. It's okay to accept somebody's help. It's okay to be a good friend. It's what God wants for you. I want to end with this. I've got three tips, pro tips from great friends. Some of you in here have good friends, maybe even best friends. You have someone in your life that has been with you, stuck it through. Uh, I I realized that, um, you know, you you could make a lot of money in your life, accumulate a lot of possessions. You could experience the world. You could travel all over. But it really doesn't mean much if you don't have quality relationships. It really doesn't mean much if you don't have friendships in your life. I've learned some things. Uh, I, when I first came to church here, I was really good at making acquaintances. I, I, I knew how to smile. I just, I, I, I like to smile. Uh, famous quote, smiling's my favorite. Um, that's from Elf, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, smiling's my favorite. Listen, you may know how to smile. You may be good at hosting people. But I'm asking you to ask God for his help to actually make a close friend. They go deeper than surface level. And uh, since I've been here, I, I've been able to develop some great friendships And there's three things that stood out to me about these friends, and really this is from experience. The Bible says uh, in John 13, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Loving someone else as God loved you. Matthew 7, 12, same principle. Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. It's really just getting down to the basics of how do I want to be treated? What kind of friend do I need? Well, that's the kind of friend you should be. Here's three things I've learned from my friends. Pro tips, number one, never miss the big stuff. Never miss the big stuff. This is tough because we all have big stuff happen in our lives. But when you think back of the friends that are truly your friends, they were there for funerals, surgeries, births, birthdays, failures, and successes. They were there when other people weren't there. That's the essence of a friend. Woe to him that falls when he's alone. Never miss the big stuff. If you're to be a friend, show up to those things. Don't say, ah, someone else. I bet they have someone else that can do that for them. No, that's what a bad friend would say, to be honest. That's what we say when we're focused on ourselves. We have time to keep. We, we don't have time to be there for the big stuff. You don't have time not to be there for the big stuff. Never miss the big stuff. Number two, I think I held up three, but this is number two. Be a go-to person. You know what a go-to person is, don't you? It's that person that can be counted on. Uh, here, here's, here's my takeaway here. Uh, if you want to be a great friend, not just a good friend, we're, we're going really far down here deep. Answer your phone, okay? Answer your phone. Some, sometimes we need someone to call. Last week, I, it really stood out to me as I was preparing last week, but one uh, researcher said we're the hotline generation. The hotline generation, the fact that 
when we are really hurting, when we have a real need and it's urgent, right now I need someone, our society has created 1-800 numbers that we call to talk to a stranger because we don't have anyone we can actually talk to. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm just saying that to say, wow, that's a symptom to a much bigger problem. If you want to be a good friend for people, answer your phone. Or if you can't get to your phone, text them back and say, hey, I, I value you. I, I, I'm, I'm in the middle of something. I'll call you back. Listen, I'm not saying you answer your phone for all your fans or your acquaintances or even everyone in your tribe because everyone can't do that. You've only got so many connectors. You've only got so much capacity. But for those that you deem to be a best friend or a close friend, you've got to be there. Be a go-to person. The question is, are you able to be counted on when your friend is in a pinch? Who could you call? If, if, say, your wife had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night or one of your kids falls down and gets hurt and you've got to have someone watch your kids right now, who would you call? Do you have someone like that? If you literally fell down or you, got, you need somebody at your house like now, like within the next 15 minutes, who can you call? If you don't have to answer that question, I want to help you get an answer to that question. I want to help you find a friend. You've got to listen to these things because you've got to, you need a go-to person but if you want to be a friend, you've got to be that go-to person as well. Here's my third thing, and we're going to wrap this up. Allow your friend to prioritize their own family first. This is something that I learned. Um, outside of your relationship with God, if you're married, you have a spouse, and you have kids, that is your primary ministry. That is your primary focus. And any friendship that comes in between those things is a bad friendship. Any friendship that's not going to prioritize the health of your marriage or the, or the relationship you have with your kids, if for some reason a friend begins to feel jealous or a friend says, hey, you don't care about me because you're not taking time with me, but you're taking time with your family, that's not a true friend. But a true friend recognizes the priority of the other friend. They say, you know, your marriage is important to me. Your kids are important to me. And and listen, though we can't spend time together or you can't make it to this birthday party, even though you know it's important, I recognize that. I'm going to let you take care of your own priorities first. Take care of your family first. Just because you can't spend time with your friend doesn't make you a bad friend. Doesn't make them a bad friend. You may just need to focus on your first priority first. Your family or even your relationship with God. Uh, I believe this is, uh, this is a message that if you put into practice, these, these truths from Scripture, it's, it's from all over the Bible. This could really change your life. Here's, here's the thing. Some of you are looking at it from this angle, ah, this could really, I need a friend. Some of you have some connectors that are not tapped into yet. Some of you have the capacity to be a great friend. I want to tell you, there's people sitting in your row, people sitting behind you, people in this church right now, they're going to walk out here and they're going to feel lonely. I'm asking you if you have capacity, if you can be a friend, you ought, to, you ought to follow the Lord's leading and let him use you in someone else's life. You may find another really great friend. We, we need to be willing today to step out and say, hey, God, please give me a friend and take those steps. We be friendly. We get out of our comfort zone. But we also need to say, God, who can I be a friend to today? I want to share a few resources with you. Uh, on the screen here. There are really three, three books that 
Uh, I would say these are, in my opinion, some of the best books out here on being friends. You can snag these photos uh, if, you, if you want to. One is called The Quest for Friendship by Josh Tice. Uh, this book here, it, it takes it way deeper than I have gone, and it will explain so much about, uh, you know, what happens when you, a friend betrays you. How, how do you be best friend to your spouse? What about friends at work? All of these relationships. Another book is called Own Your Past, Change Your Future by Dr. Uh, Dr. John Deloney. This is an incredible book. Uh, I read this earlier this year, and this book is, is one of those where it just says, you know what, some of us have friendship baggage. Some of us has, have things in our life that, that really hurt us, that hurt in our marriage, that hurt in our relationships. And uh, he, he really is a, a great practical teacher, so caring and helpful to help you navigate some of those things. And then the third book, uh, this is a, a favorite among um, a lot of those in our, in our ladies groups, uh, is called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. Uh, it's, it's, it's about finding those close friends outside of that tribe. It's about finding those levels of friendships that are deeper than just acquaintances. And uh, I, I really do hope these would be a help to you all. Uh, here's what we can do today. We can do, all I can ask for you to do is what God's asking you to do. Does that make sense? Uh, we did this thing in our life group this past week, and I want to introduce it to you uh, just as a point of application um, in our life group this last week, we, we learned about the concept of an I will statement. I will. Uh, and it's at the end of our life group session where the, the book prompted us to say, you know what, based upon what God is speaking to me today, I will. Let me write it down. I wonder what your I will statement would be today. 